0: Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter
1: you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships.
0: This one is for the moms that have forgotten how to make time to keep their spark alive. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it.
1: Hi, everybody. Today, Kelly and I are going to be talking about navigating adult relationships with parents and extended family. As adults, our relationships with our parents often evolve, and that presents new challenges and opportunities for growth. While we want to maintain a positive connection with our extended family, We want it to be fulfilling. We want to have healthy boundaries. So we just want to give you some tips to ensure that these relationships remain mutually beneficial. All right, Cal. do you have family members that
0: you struggle with relationships, maintaining healthy relationships with? I think that different members of my family I have different relationships with. Mm -hmm. And when I think about my family, I think also about my husband's family because I'm closer in some ways to them or I see them a lot more than my own parents, right? I think all of us have different relationships with our parents and other layers of the family network.
1: Yeah, I think these relationships can be complicated, especially, I think, when two things. One, people have known you since you were a child and then they haven't updated their information about you. So they might still kind of treat you that way and maybe a little bit more of a disrespectful way. And two, when you've been in a relationship so long, so you and I have been in our relationships for twenty plus years, and so people knew us in our twenties. Now we're in our forties. Again, not recognizing your growth or seeing that you've changed.
0: Yeah, well, and or they haven't. I I agree. Seeing that you have changed, and maybe they haven't changed. Right. So you know, sometimes I think about relationships where you like grow together or you grow apart. I think about that similar to relationships with even my own parents because. I'm in a very different, my life is very different from them, right? I've chosen a different path and I just have a different life. Also, as our parents get older, their value set evolves a bit too, right? So, and relatives as well, where our values start to change a little bit. And so it it's one of those where you want to figure out how you can maintain a healthy connection with them mm-hmm. um, as your life changes.
1: And I think that starts with for yourself, tapping into you and defining like what you want to communicate about, define and then communicate your boundaries. Something I think is good is about identifying subjects that are off limits. It's not okay to talk about your body. Unfortunately, people can come from homes where a parent might say, you, you've gained weight. You're fat. What are you doing? Right? So you can set that boundary of saying, hey, listen, you are not allowed to talk about my body. I also think parenting styles. You and I don't live near a lot of extended family. I have mom and dad here. For the most part, we're not repeatedly saying extended family. But I know friends and, again, clients over the years, if they're like, if that were my kid, I'd just grab them and smack him upside the head. Or, you know, like how people want to just give unsolicited parenting advice. So I think those are two examples of you being able to verbalize, hey, these are off limits. I'm not going to allow you to talk about that subject with me.
0: I think for me, this tip number one, which is define and communicate boundaries, I think as you get older, you need to figure out what makes you happy and how do you accomplish the things you need to accomplish. I don't think it's necessarily healthy for one to remove themselves from family situations because you don't agree with certain things, figuring out a way to have some common ground and by doing that with boundaries that aren't stressors. So for example, for me, I think about boundaries when we go Vegas and see my family, we don't stay with my parents. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a physical Um, boundary.
0: Yeah. We always rent a house. And the reason for that A, Mm -hmm. luckily we're fortunate to afford it. B, our kids are older now, so they need a little bit more space. But what's important to us is to have our own space and our own routine that doesn't get impacted by and influenced by others. So it's sort of like this area that we have control of. We can Mm -hmm. have as a ground zero for us. So, setting that boundary is really helpful for For us because it allows us to enjoy our visit. But also, in order for us to do that, sometimes we need some time away from everybody. And that allows us to do that.
1: And then we're going to talk a little bit later about unhealthy and toxic relationships and how we can address that. But I agree. I tell clients all the time if we have decided that we're going to be with family and we want to be healthy, rent your own car. Right? Don't stay yeah. in the same hotel. Make sure you have a way to get out and just leave if you need to leave by driving and leaving. And so I like those physical boundaries. Then you have a place to go and self soothe and decompress because our families of origin are landmines
0: of triggers, right? It can be very chaotic. It can be a lot of noise, right? And it's always things going on. And for us, That's not the pace of our life, right? So like we have a little bit of a quieter, slower pace in some way. And so it's like knowing that for us, it works better if we have that space. And we talked about that with
1: Sophia Lyon in season one about making sure that you have a place to be able to remove yourself and self-soothe when you're getting together with family. I also think we look at emotional boundaries, right? so that we're being very selective of what we're sharing with our families.
0: Yeah, that's tip number two, which is mm-hmm. sharing selectively. We just need to be
1: careful. You know, if you're always going and telling your mother about your relationships, and then your mother throws that back in your face in an unhealthy way, maybe we don't tell our mother all of the things, right? I think TV, movie, books, media put out this, Perfect relationship where I think particularly women are just very close and their mothers are best friend and you tell them everything and I don't see that playing out very often in real life and so we don't need to try to create something that's not there and if you find that you are getting hurt feelings by talking to a family member a lot then we need to find someone that's a safe space to talk to instead of and being again selective of what you're saying
0: hundred percent politics is a great example Mm -hmm. of something where, you know, if you know somebody or any topic where somebody feels very strongly and it's counter to maybe your own thoughts or opinions, and depending on the type of person that they are, you want to be very sensitive to how you share things. We wouldn't like
1: go to our father and say,
0: hey, we're going to go to the national democratic convention saturday he would make a comment yeah i think politics is one that's really difficult these days too because it is so polarizing yeah but even other things that you know people don't know your full story and if you're not seeing family regularly sometimes when you're sharing things you know maybe the minutiae of it is hard to get across and so it can be misconstrued or it misconveyed incorrectly and so i think it's just being very thoughtful about how and when to, you know, be open with with family.
1: And I think it is determining what level of sharing feels comfortable for you and then sticking with that.
0: Yeah, and sticking with it can be hard and just being really conscious of that. Part of that is even sometimes when you're going into these situations to really be preparing yourself for what is it going to be like and how you're going to be, practicing some of these tactics just so you can ensure the end of the day we want you want to have a very positive loving happy kind of interaction where you can something that is very much from love and i always think about is this coming from love and kindness when i spend time with family i want to have this feeling that i'm supported i think the more thoughtful you are about how you share stuff the more you can get out of that interaction what you And
1: I think just to follow up with that, it's just meet people where they're at. Let's live in reality a little bit there. Let's not talk to the idealized version of this family member, but think about who you're talking to, how they've been in the past, and meet them where they're at. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that's, but again, that's spending some time thinking about that, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, being purposeful and impeccable with your word.
0: And so the third of these tips is to seek support and perspective. So this is about building and maintaining healthy relationships. It's not easy. There can be longstanding issues and conflicts. Think about getting support. There's a difficult relationship or there's a strain on a relationship. Find other people to talk to, even if it's talking to a therapist, just to get guidance and perspective. It's been really helpful for me thinking through some of that. Even just my relationship with my dad and how it's changed over the years, a lot of it is because he's become so conservative and it's difficult for me because I felt like we grew up in a relatively moderate household. And so I'm just, I know like you and I are able to talk about things. I'm able to get support from my husband too, but just knowing that I'm getting the support I need in other places and helping to figure out ways to navigate conversations
1: when I'm with family too much we can be in these patterns where we have labels you know how people are like oh I'm the black sheep I'm the peacekeeper I'm the jokester whatever right so when you're with your family of origin you might feel crazy you know what I mean where you're like am I crazy am I crazy crazy. I didn't do anything I didn't say anything and then they're like Jessica stop yelling and you're like not saying anything and you're like why I don't think I was yelling what what's happening to me And so going to your support system, your tribe, your village, and yes, even a therapist, whatever. But just to say, like, this is what happened. Am I crazy? Finding those people that are like, you're fine. It's fine. That was not appropriate. That was not okay. Getting validation elsewhere can be really helpful.
0: Especially for those of us that put it on themselves, where it's maybe it's somebody else's issues. It's not your fault. And it's easy to sort of like internally blame yourself. And I think learning how to navigate your own feelings and ways of coping can be really valuable.
1: You talk so much about well-worn paths. And I just think that happens. We're like a cog in the wheel when we get plugged right back into that family of origin. And I love the quote, you know, I made a shirt that said, only you can define who you are. We get plugged back into that family of origin. We start allowing other people to define us. And so it's good to get out of that and to have support out of the family system. So you are with other people who know who you really are and can reflect back to you, your authentic self.
0: Yep. The fourth point that we have is really focusing on what you can control. So recognizing you're not going to be able to change other people and really trying to, in some ways, shape the situation. And for me, that is like With dad, for example, he sometimes will make comments that you and I were taught to stand up for ourselves. And so because we were raised that way, if somebody makes a comment, especially him that he's trying to provoke me in some way, what I've learned is that I can't control other people going to react, but I can control how I'm going to respond to those things and really learning how to not engage in conversations. If there is somebody who's trying to be a little more confrontational Trying to just disengage because I'm with family. I don't want to bring on some sort of screaming match and drama. And so I've really been trying to just if something starts to bother me, I need to move on and not engage on that topic and really try to reshape a conversation that also can be more inclusive. We talked about in our November book, The Art of Gathering, about really bringing people together and not excluding people. And I think when you're in a situation with family and there are things that might get heated or hot topics, it's figuring out ways to recenter the conversation, to to put it back in a better mindset, which is part of what maybe we can control.
1: What has helped me immensely with dealing with my family is the book, The Four Agreements. I think that our father is not impeccable with his word. He is not thinking about what he is saying, number one. And number two, All the things that he's saying is his stuff. That's his emotional baggage. That's his stuff. And so when I get upset in the past, when I would get defensive, when I would get angry, I just ate up his emotional garbage. I let his poison seep into me. And I want to be impeccable with my word. And so I have learned at first, and I think it's not that dad's gotten really conservative, right? It's that dad's become very aggressive. And disrespectful when talking about his view and not respecting our point of view. Because I have quite a few friends who are conservative, but we're respectful of each other. We talk in a loving, kind way. And so when dad would come at me, I used to get angry and defend my position. And that only caused things to escalate. And then I would remove myself from the situation. And then that would also cause things to escalate. And so when I realized that's his stuff, and if I get all upset and hyped up and engage, then I'm taking it personally and taking on his shit. And that's his shit. And I tell myself my mantra is that's his shit, not mine. And so when I started just thinking when he gets really heated and coming at me and I just find like a mental Zen space where I'm like, that's his, not mine. And he cannot define my reality. So my reality is love and light and you can't come in my space. I'm not going to give you the power to come in my space and bring me out of love and light. And that has helped me so much in that relationship. And I know that I'm not saying that was easy. It was a two-year process. You can prioritize your own growth and your own well-being. You can practice self-care and you can engage in all these other great relationships that you can cultivate with people who support and uplift you. And the more you're in those healthy relationships and you're with those people and it's energizing and it feels great then that juxtaposed to these other relationships makes you feel like, ooh, I want to be with these other people and I'm going to set some really strict boundaries around these people that are not uplifting me.
0: I really enjoy spending time with family. We talked about when we went back to Gansels in uh, December and even when we spend time with Aunt Gail and family when we go, when I come out to Vegas. To your point, what I've also found is if the people, maybe your immediate family, They're just not going to change. And so you're not able to get the relationship that you want out of it. You find a way to navigate that. But tapping in and leaning into some of those other relationships and knowing there are people who do support you and who do lift you up. I think what keeps me going to Jess is that Mm -hmm. spending time with some other family members. Um, I do really enjoy their company.
1: Creating more of a family of choice, right? You can bring other people in that you can identify as family that maybe are not biological family. And I think this all leads us to our fifth and final point, which is your mental and emotional well being will always be a top priority. And so if maintaining contact with extended family members, with your parents, consistently causes you pain or negatively impacts your life. It is okay to end that relationship.
0: Just to layer onto that. Or limiting the relationship. It just depends on where it is. And the other part too is as we have kids and you're and if it's parents, they're grandparents. And so it becomes a little bit more challenging of a relationship too, because for me, what's been really important, we had very great relationships with our grandparents. And that's really part of what my value set is that's very important to me is that my kids have a great relationship with their, grandpa- their grandparents. And so even though my relationship sometimes is a little bit more strained with my dad, I don't let that feed into my kids. I want them to see my father, their grandfather in a completely different light. And trying to nurture that. So that's a challenge, too. If you have a relationship that is strained and that maybe causes you a lot of negative vibes is how to navigate that when it comes to having kids, too, and figure out how to balance the two.
1: Yeah. And I, and like you said, you can set limits on it where it's like, I'm only going to text my parents. I'm only going to meet my parents in public. There are ways that you're going to limit. Maybe I'm just going to send emails whatever there are different ways that we can really limit that communication and i think for me i can allow a little bit more chaos into my life and i have talked with our kids when our father has not responded to the things in the best way we can debrief about it and talk about it and the way i approach like a lot of things and i just think there's like a spectrum right and i have friends that have a lot of dysfunctional relationships. I have friends that have cut off contact with a lot of people. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way. But I've utilized the way our dad handles things as a lesson to the kids. (laughs) Just talk about how not to do things. This is why we need to self-care. And this is why you need to go take deep breaths. Or this is why, you know, whatever. And that these are the positives that are happening, right? That we can focus on the benefits of those relationships and then set boundaries around anything that can kind of cause us to be like emotional or not our best selves.
0: I agree. That is the number one thing that we keep coming up on is really that that boundaries piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to do and it's you want to it can also be something you want to be careful in case you're afraid of hurting feelings or making the situation worse. And figure out ways to navigate that in a nuanced way that you're getting what you want out of it. And maybe they won't even notice the gradual shift that you're making. So,
1: yeah, 100 percent. All relationships, if you haven't got the message at this point through the month of February, takes a lot of intention, a lot of cultivation, a lot of hard work. Every relationship is unique. So you need to find what best works for you and your family dynamics. These are just some tips that might help you bump those up into healthier territory.
0: Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you want to know more about
1: Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, check that out at ChasingBrighter.com. And we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Brighter. Thanks! We'll be here next week.